Hi, everybody. Tony Marcolini. Welcome to the podcast. It may interest you to know. Today, I'm joined with a very, by a very special guest, Jamie Parganos. Welcome, Jamie. Hi, how are you? So I really wanted to talk to you about Creative Muse. Uh, maybe you can, uh, we can, as our start, our jumping point, you can start by explaining Creative Muse and talk a little bit about what it is. Yeah, so Creative Muse is a company that is in the business of creativity. Um, we're a nonprofit, and uh, we've developed this creative process that we use um, and fold into um, all of our programs. We deliver arts programs to um, youth and now uh, to adults and teens. Um, and we also just use the idea of mentorship um, in creativity. So that's where the muse comes in. Um, and then also the idea of idea generation and how that how creativity is so uh, crucial to that, especially nowadays, um, with the way the world is. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're hoping to teach people the creativity they knew and were born with, but may have lost over the years. And you're working with a lot of underserved communities. Um, and I and I think helping children in particular channel uh, channel their energy really into uh, better habits. Well, this I, I mean because you're doing some mindfulness and meditation training too, which I think is important to help uh, with stress and stress coping skills at a young age. Besides the arts, uh, like painting and. Um, um, singing and you know whatever whatever arts it, you, uh -huh. you have your talent or attract you besides you know giving a channel for them to get into those type of arts program you included meditation in that and i think that's really drew me too as well to your program um uh, to talk a little bit about that about teaching meditation especially to children yeah um so I was a late, uh, I was diagnosed with ADHD late in my, later in my life. And I, um, I was going to the new school and I met someone who was an expert on mindfulness and she became my mentor, academic mentor and sort of spiritual mentor. And, uh, she really taught me how I could use mindfulness and meditation to like focus my own life, but also like use it as a tool for resilience and a tool for like leadership. And so I took a class called mindfulness and leadership. Um, and so I learned to apply like these paradigms to things outside of just like meditation. Um, now it's like mindfulness and social justice, mindfulness in technology. Um, mindfulness can really be applied to a lot of different things. And, um, and my hope is that we do it without turning it into make mindfulness where it becomes sort of this like, you know, thing we're using, a no, it's, it's not something we're using a smile through the day. It's like a tool for survival. It's a tool for resilience. And, and, um, it could be a tool to give you the stamina to do this work, let's say, or in the case of the kids to get through the day or even to get through a creative project. So we'll have a mindfulness break in every lesson. And it's like considered to be part of the creative process. Well, sure. And I think meditation in itself is, it's, it's an art form in itself, right? Uh, I mean, being able yes. to 
focus your brain uh, and to clear it out, you know, to clear it out for whatever period of time that you can engage in. I know some people, uh, I know many friends who meditate uh, and who, you know, they do it every day. Uh, They never miss an opportunity to do it. They need it as part of their ability to get through their day or they can't focus at all. Um, and, And so... I mean, and some people do it for 10 minutes, some people do it for an hour, um, and depending upon, you know, how you build that up over time. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'm very interested in, in uh, the, you know, teaching meditation and mindfulness to children, because I think it's challenging enough for adults uh, to be able to get through meditating, right? I, I, I've done some meditating myself. Uh, it, it sounds easy on its face, like to sit someplace and, and clear your mind, uh, but it's it's really not when you're trying to, right? Especially in the early stages of wanting, uh, trying to meditate, you know, I, I'd be meditating thinking about my to-do list, uh, right? And it's not the way to do it at all. Uh, well, actually, that's okay. I mean, that's part of it is that um, there's no wrong way to do it, right? So the fact that you're even sitting down and like taking an opportunity to say, I'm going to try to do this and be mindful right now and like be in the moment and you're going to slip. And as somebody who has ADHD at my thoughts, you know, I'm not, I'm not like a transcendental meditator that, you know, is going to levitate uh, because I, my, my thoughts race a lot, but, <laughs> you know, just being able to, to clear them for as long as you can is an accomplishment. I mean, um, it's about constantly coming back to it, right? Um, and just to keep trying. And that's like the ethos of the whole thing is you keep trying is resilience. It's not about a, a judgment about what's right or wrong, right? And uh, how do we get the kids to do it? Well, it's like um, with the little ones, it's interesting because we, like I had mentioned, we believe that like a meditative break is actually something that's part of the creative process right so um a lot of the time you'll hear from from an artist say like you know when i stopped thinking about it is when it came to me and sometimes they'll even be like it came from god you know or um and that's really when you've like allowed like yourself to clear your mind right um and so in anything we do whether it's our work or as artists there's this notion that like once in a while when you take a break in the creative process and it's like life, it's like how we live our lives is the same way that I, I apply the creative process to, like my life, right? Um, and so you wanna take breaks in your life. You wanna make sure that you're recharging your batteries because then when you finish the second half of the race, you're much better off. So. And how has that worked with the kids? I know I'm focusing yeah. a lot on kids and, and you've gotten a grant and you're moving into adults as well. Uh, you know, I guess I'm focusing on the kids because I'm a little fascinated, right, by, by bringing those tools to children uh, and bringing creativity to children at young ages, I think is wonderful. And, and I applaud your program. Uh, but I guess I'm wondering, like, focusing on music and dance and all those things, and then and then weaving this uh, this meditation in, it, you're seeing it firsthand. How helpful is it for the kids, and and how easy is it for the kids to pick up? Yeah, so I have to say that it's like a magic show. I have, um, 
I, I wish I could like make up a story that it took a long time. It was like the first day, cause I'm actually teaching a class myself. So I've not only seen other teachers do it, I've done it myself. Cause I really wanted to get back in, in a classroom this year and really like, you know, put my practice like implemented and, and make sure it's working, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, they just, I don't know. It's almost like they're like relieved. And now it's something they look forward to every day, you know, and, and the first time we ever did it, I remember the teachers who knew these students were just amazed, you know, um, do the teachers see a difference? I'm sorry to interrupt. I just wondering, it just struck me Are the teachers seeing a difference in their academic performance after your program comes in. I think, um, we're not measuring that. Um, you know, um, and we're running like a community, community programs. We're more looking like, um, is the child like more like a whole child picture? So like, does this child seem happier? <laughs> Are they smiling? Are they like, you know, um, and we have certain things like social, emotional things that we consider. Um, but yeah, are, you know, do they feel inspired? You know, uh, so these ideas of like measuring things and something like that, you know, um, grantors like to see sometimes, right? Uh, numbers about this. Uh, this is, you know, we're trying to get those too, but really what I'm seeing is like a kid came in and brought like tools, painting tools on his own because he got so inspired and now he thinks he's an artist. You know, um, that's what I'm seeing or, or, you know, I'm seeing kids like learn how to take a deep breath to control their impulses without me having to tell them anymore because they're like learning the skill, uh, like it's becoming ingrained in them, right? Through practice. Um, and the way that we tie it in, cause you asked like, well, how do you do that? So I'm just going to give an example. Let's say they were doing an art project once and they were building a life-size octopus and um, during, you know, so you do the whole project, you, you come up with all these ideas and then, you know, at some point you're going to take a break and then you come back. Right. And so that's where we usually work it in. Now it could be anything from like a meditative break, a body scan, but we also like to be creative about how we tie it in. So maybe that week we're doing an octopus meditation like a, a fun visualization um, meditation for the kids. Like, and then it's somehow related to what we've been discussing, but it's also pulling them into a new mind frame. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I guess, you know, I keep saying it's gotta be hard for kids, but to a certain extent, kids are s sponges, right? They're easier to teach, I think, than, than adults in a lot of ways. They are. And that's the thing. Um, kids um, are already creative. Adults have, have unlearned creativity for like 20 years. So they might be a little bit harder to get it out of them. We have a lot of things built up, right? <laughs> Indeed. A lot of things that have blocked our creativity over the years. Um, and even more so these days with social media, ironically. So now the program, uh, it's running mostly in Manhattan, I know, at least uh, with the kids. Uh, again, and I love the idea that you're serving underprivileged communities. 
Um, and I mean, how long has it been up and running? Um, well, I've been, we've been doing the company for like five years, but it started out, you know, as a small thing with the side project. Um, and then during the pandemic, I was doing like online classes, you know, I'm a single mom and I wanted to try to work for myself because I, you know, it was hard. Um, and people didn't really understand like what it meant to be a single mom in the pandemic. Maybe they're getting a little bit of an idea now. I don't know if they even do because sometimes it doesn't feel that way in this country, but you know, um, I decided that it was time to like, you know, try to make this bigger. And when these posts, you know, when these grant opportunities came out, um, we took it and, um, you know, now we're hoping to just keep, keep doing this. Uh, we started out with some schools in Manhattan. Now we're doing a community center in the East village. And I do hope to, uh, expand the model, um, do more community centers, create the artist employment program in other places and maybe even start doing schools, um, you know, during the day that we could work with and eventually hopefully make it national. Well, and now the, the program allows for all forms of creativity, yeah. but I'm wondering, do, I mean, how do you, how do the kids get exposed to, let's say, let's say one kid comes in and, and they always kind of liked dancing or admired dancing, uh, how do you pull that out of them? How does that work? You know, with the, is, there's not a, are you actually training them to dance as well? Or, I mean, what, what's the process? Um, yeah. So, uh, it depends on the age group because there's a little more choice with the older kids, uh, where with the younger kids, we, there's always choice in everything because we try to work it in. Um, but, uh, we're also like giving them stuff they may not know yet. So, um, there is a little bit of that, uh, but we've also like uh, built these programs using principles of like participatory design. So we try to get feedback um, as much as we could. This is um, in this first round for this community we're working with. Uh, and we hope we get mo even more in the next round. But um, yeah, we are doing some dancing. Um, we have like a tap dancing, uh, step dancing thing we're doing. Um, with our artist who was in Stomp, the musical. Um, so they're working with professional dancers. Um, they're working with two dancers who are in Stomp um, for the dance thing, let's say. Um, and for some, you're gonna have, I don't really wanna participate or I wanna participate in another way. Um, there's, there's uh, you know, kids that have different needs, special needs. Um, and we're working to be inclusive to all of these kids, right? And to get like the involvement and motivation of all of the students. And over time, that's what we've been able to do. Uh, but it did, I'm not gonna say that we walked in and everybody was like ready from the first day. There was a little like, you know, post pandemic cajoling. <laughs> Sure. I think when the, the kids get used to being home, uh, that had to be difficult. Um, you yourself have a background in, in recording as a recording artist, do you not? Yeah, I'm an artist. That's how I got started in this field. Because, you know, some one of my friends said, hey, write a musical and come teach at my school. And, you know, one thing led to another. And then I was like, hmm, maybe I don't even want to do this recording artist. So it was kind of like I wanted to do both. 
Um, and, you know, I've tried to do that, but, you know, you're adding mom to it, so it's a lot. But uh, I've tried to, you know, sort of maintain a balance between them. But I think that, yeah, that informed how I... Um, how I've approached this work, uh, the fact that I was a, an artist and I did bring a lot of those people from th that part of my life and my career into this work too. Um, so it, it sort of like worked out really well for everyone. It's so are you then situation. very, are you very hands-on when it comes to, um, you have a kid that wants to, wants to be a recording artist that wants to sing. Um, is that where you, maybe you would step in and work with that child? Um, I'm not the only singer, uh, luckily, and uh, there's uh, there's other recording artists that are bigger than I am, um, or ever was, uh, working with us. But um, right, now, I'll be hundred percent. I'm less interested in that these days, and I'm more uh, I'm more the person that is being tapped to like uh, figure out how do we. Uh, Implementalize the plans for those that have special needs, uh, because I actually have a son that has special needs. So that has ended up informing my work in ways I never knew was possible. It's like completely uh, transformed my uh, work as an educator. It's made me much better, actually, believe it or not. Can you talk a little bit about the people you have working with you uh, in terms of helping the kids for recording, painting? I mean, what what kind of what what kind of because I know there's just like a healthy body of talent that you have uh, coming into this, which is uh, I applaud. Yeah, they all came from either you know I we had worked with them before, or they were from like the New York City arts community that I was a part of for a, a while. I used to actually not only be a recording artist, I used to be a um, uh, sort of, a, I don't know what they would call it, an event organizer where I would um, coordinate these weekly parties at one point um, where I would do it all. The fashion show, the DJ, the musicians, the artists, we would do art installations and through that, I met a lot of people. So between my, you know, the people I met in education, the wonderful people I met at, in the back of Playbill magazine, and those that uh, I met, you know, in the uh, in the art galleries of New York City, you know. Sure. Now you're training too. If so, if a child has some talent with with art, like the, the child's a good, you know, good at drawing, uh, and sometimes yeah. kids don't even know that they have that talent, right? Uh, one hundred percent true. And I'm actually in the belief that everybody, you know, some people have talents for things like drawing and singing and music. However, it's still my belief that anybody's expression is beautiful and valid and can be empowering and um and and that anyone can work on something and like try to make it better and like come up with something really beautiful and so i think that you can inspire like i had a teacher that made me love math once am i a mathematician no but a magician i tell you he put something in me now that like it was enough to just be like, yeah. So even if we're not turning somebody into an artist, just the creativity alone, they could become a banker. They're going to need that creativity, right? 
I, I'm a firm believer that no matter what you do, you need some um, element of creativity uh, to be innovative in any field, right? That's what I think we're missing in the world. There's been a lack of creativity because, you know, it's been a lot of like carbon copying of things and, you know, kids lately on TikTok and following trends. And it's just like, uh, you know, the kids, kids tell me I'm bored. You know, I'm bored. That's what they always tell me. They're always bored. Why are they bored? <laughs> you know, Matthew Dix, the author, uh, was on the podcast. And uh, he said to me once that we encourage children to be creative and to think outside the box when they're young. But yet the people who are the most creative and most outside the box as adults, as adults are almost punished because then we all, what we want are followers, um, you know, and I, that's a kind of an interesting parallel of what he's saying to what you're saying. Um, you know, you're saying we're trying to teach this, think outside the box, be creative, uh, use these tools in your lifetime uh, for, to, to people who you want to be able to carry that into adulthood and not lose it. Yeah, um, and I think it's because uh, I don't know if we really do encourage enough creativity and out-of-the-box thinking with kids. I mean, some of us do, right? right. But um, it's, is it happening, like, all over the country? Is it happening in all of the schools? Is it, you know, um, and no, how I'd argue, I'd argue it's not. Yeah, and how are we teaching it? Like, what is creativity and you know, is, is creativity getting it right? For some people it is, right? Um, and so we have a very like, mistakes are good attitude about things. Like, you know, um, just that whole thing about not, it, it's not about right or wrong. It's not about good or bad. There's no judgment about your art. I love that. Yeah. Um, and and it, it doesn't mean we're giving kids like participation trophies, right? We're still teaching them, like, keep reworking that idea until you feel like it's done. Keep going, you know, we're still teaching them like that, but in a different way. Is, does that make sense? It does. And you're bringing this, you, got, you recently got a grant, uh, you know, you're also working with adults now as well. Uh, and I think that's pretty fascinating. Have you found a big transition or a big difference in implementing the program with children to implementing it with adults? Uh, yeah, we're actually, we've done like mostly one-off stuff. So we haven't been able to, um, start, we'll probably do that in January, uh, where we start like the steady classes that we're doing. Um, but my experience also just doing that and, um, also working with this stuff with adults consistently within our own group. Um, I would, I would say that a lot of people might have built up a lifelong resistance to the idea of a of this kind of practice, right? Sure. I mean, most people, even if you mention, uh, you know, like the concept of mediation, uh, most people, I think, or, or, or creativity, most people think of that as like, oh, well, that's not real, right? I would, I, you know, I want to be involved in something, um, that's scientifically based or that they just, they don't. It's scientifically based though. That's what's great about it, right? Oh, well, talk to me about that. Yeah. 
So they've done studies that um, the brain like reaches, you know, get certain parts of the brain that we don't normally use, get used when we're meditating. They've measured brain waves. They've, they've done scientific studies on the actual, uh, you know, physiological effects of it and how it benefits and taps into brain power. So we know something's going on that's, uh, definitely putting people like in a calmer and maybe more elevated state, or at least allowing them to use other parts of their brain. Right. So, um, well, that's interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, you know what, I'm a big person in, into studies, right? Usually yeah. study studies to do with nutrition really is typically my focus. Um, but now, now you, you sent me on a new task, right? To look up the studies, you know, connected to meditation. Uh, because I, I do believe that the more, you know, you can incorporate meditation into your life, uh, the calmer you'll be, uh, the, the better you will be at addressing issues on the spot uh, and, and thinking outside the box. Uh, so I, I am a, I am, you know, you, you, not just you won me over. I came into this interview feeling that way already, yeah. uh, but to find out that there's some scientific or there's some studies talking about the brain and what you're, you know, what you're triggering when you get into meditation, I think is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and we know that the blame, the brain is like, they say, uh, the brain has plasticity. So it can rewire and make new connections. Um, and so they say, uh, it appears that meditate, you know, after you do meditative practice for a while, um, your brain can do that, you know? So your default mode may be, let's say you're a victim of trauma. You'll often go into like fight or flight mode. Um, and if you're doing meditative practice, like regularly, you may take pause now on reacting physically, like your body's, like your brain's plasticity actually changes through practice. The mind's like a muscle that you train, like, uh, in a gym, you know? And, uh, I wish I had more time to focus on my actual body because I spent a lot of time on my brain. <laughs> my next thing is to be more mindful about, uh, going to the gym more. No, well, I think this is an important tool that you're teaching, especially kids today are under a lot of stress. Um, yes. right? I mean, the world is different than the world that, you know, I grew up in. Uh, I just think there's stressors, you know, everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, chronic. Yeah. And probably you're right. I think you tapped into it early on today. Um, that social media doesn't help, right? It's, it's a, it can be a new form of bullying, uh, and, and also just put a lot of stress on, I think, children in terms of, you know, popularity and, uh, what the expectations are for them. Yeah. Uh, and I think teaching them skills to work through what they're going through or stress, uh, to work through, see, I think those are skills that they can, they'll take with them forever, uh, and laying that foundation when you when they're young and having this kind of program is uh, pretty brilliant. Thank you, thank you. I really, I really hope to to do it as much as possible, just because it really is working and it's a beautiful thing. 
Now, how, can people contact you about bringing your program to, to their center or their school? Is Are you yeah, at that yeah. point? Yeah. Um, you know, I, this year, we're, this year, at least up until January, we're definitely, we're not taking anything new for now, but um, in the future, we are going to be looking to expand. So yeah, people should contact us. So um, for right, now, right now, East Coast, you know, only? Oh, we're only in New, we're only doing New York City. I when we were doing online learning, we had a couple of kids that you know had come from other states or New Jersey. Um, we had a couple from New Jersey, but uh, right now we're really focusing on like a neighborhood model um, and working with this community and uh, making a really lasting impact. So it's really about quality over quantity right now. Right. Um, and uh, we'll get to more places uh probably as, within the next two years as you continue building yeah what's your favorite and before i let you go i do want to find out how tell people how they can contact oh, yeah, you no problem. But, but what's your favorite part of um what you do oh geez, the kids i mean i don't know there's so much the kids smiling it's just like a, a present a gift i can't giggling children especially right now it's just do you remember one one particular time when somebody uh when when you stopped and said wow like i i'm doing something amazing here was there a moment that you were struck like that yeah there was um it always happens but last week um there was a child who's um you know he has special needs and sometimes kids with special needs have a tendency to like scream out or blurt out, you know, and he, he generally won't be focused and it took about four weeks, but I just saw a complete transformation over the weeks. Um, and now he comes in and he's like, I'm an artist. And the level of focus has increased. The work has increased. Um, I come in there when I, when I haven't, hold on, I'm sorry. I'm getting emotional now. When I have a child who comes in and has special needs, I know that all they've been hearing is like, you're wrong. Like sit in your seat, like all day, somebody's correcting their behavior and people don't realize even the most well-intentioned what that constant like correction feels like for that child so i met we and i tell everyone who works for us like we never do that right um it's more about redirection so if i'm coming in there i just hand him a piece of play-doh there's no words that need to be said and it, this is from 20 years of doing this and now having my own child that i can walk in and just figure it out right away not everybody can do that you know it takes training but and you know he just is a completely different kid instantly right all of a sudden now he's not screaming at he can focus and within four weeks he's producing like really intricate uh clay because we're doing claymation um he's producing really intricate clay models he's really thriving in creativity um and that was just I, I can't explain it. 
That was your moment. You realized uh, that's one of them. Amazing. There's a million of them, to be honest. I get, I've been having them for 20 years, and they're getting more and more profound as I go along. Oh, you're doing amazing work, truly. Thanks. Jimmy. Thank you. How can people reach out to you? Yeah, they could go to our website, creativemuse.org. Yeah, I'll put the link uh, in the interview. Um, yeah. I mean, I really want to thank you for being here and sharing some of this. I, I'm with you in that I think creativity is so important. I focused the whole podcast uh, on trying to talk about creativity in, in all its forms. Yeah. Right? Whether you're a singer or, a, you know, an actor, an actress, a, a, a writer, uh, in, in any form. I've had athletes on because there's a certain element of creativity and I think in, in, in doing anything well and I think you, you know, we talked at the beginning a little bit more about, you know, innovativeness. Yeah. Uh, and I do think you're right. Almost anything you do to be the best at it, to take it to a new level, uh, to to maybe put something out there that's never been done before, um, yeah. even if you're in computers, right? I, I mean, it it's all about being innovative. It's all about learning the skills and the tools that you need to successfully create. Uh, that's why I think starting, you know, like you you are from a young age is, uh, with these kids is so important. It's such an important program. Uh, so I'm going to encourage everybody to check it out. She's doing really important work. Thank you so much. So are you for giving us all a voice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. And I hope you'll come back and keep updating us as the program advances. Yes, please invite me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. I won't cry every time. Just <laughs> You know what? <laughs> I thought that was nice. I thought it was nice. You know, seldom do you get to see real emotion um, these days. And I think no shortage of that here. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you for sharing and uh i'm gonna say goodbye from the podcast and so see you next time all right thank you so much bye bye